Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is a alternative thinker. <laughs> I would say that, yes. That's one way to describe it, sure. Uh, he's got many, many ideas, and he's comes to me highly recommended by one of my oldest and dearest friends. And I've been following a lot of his stuff on Instagram. Um I, you know, it's, he's very, got some very intense point of views, which I enjoy people having. So please welcome Mr. Chris Paul. He's a writer. He's a podcast host. Um, and he's very political. You say you're political. Yeah, you could say that. I'm going to please welcome Mr. Yeah. Chris Paul. Dude, thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Now, do, do we know each other? I don't know. I feel like we must have crossed paths at some point. I've been out here for 18 and a half years and I spent most of that time. Uh, working in the nightlife scene in Hollywood. So yeah, you were Bardo. I did. I opened Bardo with Jason Scopa way back in the day. When that was, was that club? That was, I think we opened that in August of 2008, I want to say. August or September. Is that off Ivor? That was Ivor. No, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's uh, right above the Avalon on Vine. Oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah. Yeah, good and times. it's, you know, until the pandemic closed down all the spots, it was still going. And, like, KCRW would do their, uh, I think they called it school night, and they had Monday nights, they would have bands, and it was still cranking, which was awesome. I mean, that's what I always kind of tried to do in nightlife is just, you know, brand places and build communities and uh, put some good entertainment in there and then m make a place that would last for a long time. Because I was never really into that whole... Uh, that whole club cycle where you would open a place and just hang out and do that for three months or six months, and then it would die, and they would bring in a different crowd. And, oh, yeah. And then two years later, they would have to remodel the Remodel place. the whole place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ivar, Las Palmas. Exactly. You know, the Burgundy Room. All, dude, they're all good. I used Tommy Olestra. I used to take very good care I love Tommy. Tap. Um, so, yeah, it's all the same. So it's it's so funny because the same people been rolling to the same spot since yep. the nineties, yep. and yet five places have been. Remember my house? I do remember that. my house was bomb. It was bumping during my space. Suck sung, God rest his soul. Love that dude. Too. Was used to take good care of me and my buddy Stu, and it was like I want to say it was like I met. I don't think Elon Musk was there, but like there was a one night. It was a big PayPal guy there, and. It was just dope, and it was like, but these clubs, we switch out every two seconds. Yeah, that place was a monster. It was, uh, I think it was Garden of Eden way back before that. That what? was like David Judakin's string of clubs. Yes, dude. What about Ledoux? Ledoux was the Ledoux. greatest thing ever. <laughs> that was like, that was like my real, real, when I first started really going out. That you can that's, that's mid-life of me going out. When but people would say, yo, you going to Ledoux tonight? And you'd be like, Ledoux. <laughs> like people used to say that all the time. Yeah, like, and I was like, mm. Legata. Yeah, <laughs> but that was a house for anybody listening. Not in LA. It was a like basically like an old school house. Yeah. But dude, first of all, what I loved about it is everybody would show up. Yeah, anybody from super 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 movie star to a reality star. And you guys were supposed to close. I it love too. how those are the two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, or or well, now we'll call them. TikTok or whatever. 
but there was no there was no uh, elitism. Everybody was chilling with everybody. But you guys were supposed to close at two, but I would stumble out of there at six. You had that back room. Oh, and then the upstairs too. Oh yeah, yeah. That place was a bit of a den of iniquity. Yeah, there's some uh, there's some people now that are it's big Instagram models that started out there as uh, cocktail girls. That's and, true, and I respect their game. Um, Those were good days, man. My my, my initial um, introduction to Hollywood clubs, like on the real scene, was Joseph's. Remember Joseph's? Oh, I that wasn't. I went there towards the end of that run, but that was like oh really the that place mon- was awesome. The Monday night, Monday. the Monday night. I was. I remember Ashton. I think had that on lockdown for a while. It was his crew was in there every Monday night, but it would go to like two a.m. And it was because every night was a popping night, and Mondays didn't have one. And Joseph's, the Greek restaurant, yep. right down here, yeah, had a. Po- I remember having some good times there, but only went a few times. Well, and I moved out here. I was, uh, I went to college on the East Coast and was in a fraternity. And one of my fraternity brothers was was Brad Prepon, whose sister is Laura. Okay. And so when I moved out here, the '70s show was still crushing. Oh yeah. And so that was like my introduction to going out in Hollywood. My first party, like a week after I moved here, was the uh, the Halloween party at Sky Bar. And oh, she kind of took her one. brother and I there, and we just... That's a good I one. I mean, we had a blast. Yeah. I was like, what in the world is all this? Dude, here's what's crazy. Just think about that right now. It's not even available. <laughs> like, <laughs> those thoughts, they're not even here anymore. It's nuts. Like... Going out, like, I mean, and I'm going to get your feelings and how you are with everything, but, like, just going out, bottle service, having strange, usually women, come up to you and take your bottle and fucking sip off it or take a little other, just so many people just coming in and out of your table. You're going to other tables. Everybody's hugging. They vaping. This is, It, it was honestly, like, a really late happy hour for all of us every night for years. Yeah. And then the crowds completely changed. And I think that the, the reason for that was because at some point the paparazzi went from the magazines to the internet. And then once you had that, they needed the content every day. So it was just paparazzi everywhere all the time. Yeah. And they would put up all the pictures. So like, whereas the magazine would be published once a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you would get, you know, a few pictures in the magazine each week. Now they're posting all the pictures. Everybody who comes out gets popped and then they're going right on the website and no, at nine, nine thirty. No, I remember it was like, it was only TMZ, which was new for a lot of people because before that was magazines. And then it was X seventeen, and it was Radar, and then just Jared, and then do it. oh yeah, it's just so it's just yeah. like ballooned. But I'm just term in terms of society, I have no idea when we'll ever go back to a club. When am I going to go to Marquee in Vegas? The truth is that you could go back tomorrow. It's not open. No, I'm saying, but like if we. Just straightened our minds out about what's actually happening right now. We could all just go back to normal life, and it wouldn't make a bit of difference. So, um, that's what I want to talk to you about. So, yeah. you you have your your Instagram, which you're off of now, but it was yeah. you had your term. I am your moderator. Which I'm is, your moderator. Yeah. And so, if we can get our minds right on what's going, what is happening, what do you think? And we have to be careful because that's the society we live in now. 
So it's like I'm not trying to be, you know what. Anything I say is my fault and not his fault. No, I know, but in terms of just like even the video, man, they won't <laughs> no, put a, they won't put a Jiffy ad in there. So <laughs> don't want to miss out on those Jiffy ads. What do you think generally is happening? Well, I mean, I can tell you from my perspective, my experience. Because what I like about you is, even though I don't know you, you're like, this is what I believe, and you're very confident in your beliefs, but you're not an asshole. I don't think I am, man, but them. I don't think a lot of people, I think there's plenty of people in this town who would disagree with that. Really? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, he is an ass. Oh, my God, man. The level of hate that I've gotten in the last 10 months is extraordinary. Well, and it's fine. I mean, I accept it. But... Why would you have hate? Let's to what, 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 what's the deal? Well, my views are outside of what we now deem to be acceptable here. You know, and around the country, around the world, my views are not unusual. They're just unusual for Hollywood or for New York or for D.C., the media centers, the cultural centers. There's a limit to what you're allowed to say. And, I mean, obviously you know that, like the censorship on YouTube and on Instagram and Twitter. And they're censoring a particular view, you know. I don't think that you have to censor ideas because I don't think ideas can be dangerous. If the, if the idea is not true, then you should be able to have a conversation about it and realize it's not true. And that takes away the danger right there. But, but no one, you know, the people in cultural power now don't believe that. So for me, man, last year, I was just like everybody else. I was like, oh, wow, you know, maybe this could be really dangerous and really bad. And I had been listening to podcasts about it, studying about it before we ever locked down. And when they said two weeks to slow the spread, I was like, all right, I can get on board with that. Like, we're going to have these two or three weeks where parents are home from their jobs and they get to spend time with their children, maybe time that they would not have otherwise. Like, I have a friend who's a comedian who had just had a kid, and it was like such a... I, I thought, what a blessing that you actually... You don't have, even if you're going to take the night off and not go do sets for a little while, now you don't even have to think about it. Now you can just stay at home, relax, get to know your baby, be there as a father. Mm -hmm. And I was stoked for him. And I thought that stuff was really great. Like you can reconnect with your family, maybe try a new project that you've been putting off, get something done on your house, whatever. Mm -hmm. I was like, this is like, we don't have a choice. We have to make something positive out of this situation. And then when... Two weeks became four weeks, and when four weeks became four months, and now we're 10 months in. and Almost 11. Yeah, and there's no indication. Yeah, you're right, almost 11. And there's no indication that we're ever going to have concerts. We're ever going to go down to the Staples Center and see a game. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, one of my initial thoughts was societies fight wars, Right. Throughout history, societies have fought wars. And the point is to keep the society going. It's not to try to solve death. And rather than trying to keep our society going, we instead got this mindset where if we just did this and this and this and this enough, then we can solve death. And then people won't die. And if the disease had a 3 or 4% kill rate, I get that. Then we have to be really careful. But it doesn't have that. The infection fatality rate says legitimately by the statistics that 
one or two out of a thousand people can potentially die. Almost all of those people are old and with multiple comorbidities. And that doesn't describe the vast majority of the population. And it doesn't really describe any of the active part of the population, the people who are going to work to feed their kids, the kids going to school. And we stopped all the things we didn't need to stop so that we could pretend to save lives that we can't save. But what do you say to people that are in the IU, though? I mean, ICU, I mean... Well, I don't. The way I, you, the way I'm not you, denying their disease. The way you say that, though, it sounds cold. It's I like, know. you know, or older people in comorbidities. Like, I, it, we need to protect those people as sure. best as we can. Yeah. And I believe that we should have some, you know, we have to attack it in a good way. But I mean, everybody deserves a chance to live. Of course. So, are you saying that we could have just prepared it a better way yeah i think that you have to protect people who are at risk and let everybody else live their lives i mean the idea that we can have top-down enforcement on things like masking and social distancing and tell like restaurateurs that sorry your business just doesn't exist anymore and we only have to do that in california and new york and illinois and washington dc but it's fine in florida because florida opened fully at the end of last september That's now four and a half months ago. Where's the huge outbreak in Florida? There hasn't been one. And they don't talk about it. I don't don't know. I thought Florida had some issues. I don't know. But I do know that last night people were just out after the Super Bowl. Like, there was no disease. And so that's a big, huge fucking mixed message of why are they out and we can't get a burrito. Right. So my question is, I guess, what what do you think is happening? What do I think is happening overall? Yeah. Is th- it the Great Reset? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's just a real thing. And the idea that we have I to agree. talk about the Great Reset as if it's a conspiracy theory is insane to me. John Kerry talks about it. Justin Trudeau talks about it. Klaus Schwab talks about it. You can find... Plenty of videos. In fact, they advertised the thing. There was a there was a YouTube video about it a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was from the World Economic Forum. But yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, they have no problem talking about what it is they want, and they want just to be clear, they want us at home, mm-hmm. streaming, yeah, digitally paying, yep, chipped up, yep, chipped up, well, and don't be crazy with the term chip up. I'm talking like. I know what I believe. I'm scared to share it, but it's like basically they want to they know where we're at. Yeah. Eyes on us. Well, that's, I mean, that was pretty obvious from the beginning when they started talking about contact tracing. And you notice they don't really talk about contact tracing anymore. No. They talk and about. they slid that update in the phone. Sneaky. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't updated my, I haven't updated my iPhone in six months. I don't update apps. I'm off the social media. Okay. I don't do any of it. But that is not a conspiracy theory. It just isn't. And if you're going to call it that, then you have to then say that John Kerry is a conspiracy theorist. And honestly, for the amount that I get called a conspiracy theorist, John Kerry is actually a much bigger conspiracy theorist than I am. Um, I don't know how we have gotten to the point where we just dismiss everything that disagrees with the central narrative as if it is just the crazy rantings of a lunatic. 
I don't understand that either. I, I, you know, it's a deeper, that's a deep convo, but it's, it's bizarre to me because what I do, you know, I'm a comedian Mm -hmm. and I'm an actor and, and that's what we do is, you know, especially comics, you express ideas and thoughts and go, Hey, let me look at this another way. Yeah. You know, instead of the narrative being, you know, you should get married by X amount of time and have a kid. Well, here's why marriage is a scam. That's what a comics take would be on it. Mm. But now, I mean, it's pretty clear that you're not allowed to say certain things. And if you are, you're going to get silenced. Mm -hmm. If it's not hate speech, and it's just an alternative idea. Why is that? Yeah, but the truth is, you know, man, like, and I'm not a proponent of hate speech, but when we've started to redefine everything, including hate speech, it gets to a point where you're like, okay, well, if we're going to say that hate speech is worthy of banning, and I could be open to that argument. No, dude, you, you But you shouldn't. can't keep redefining hate speech until it's whatever you want it to be. Y- you meaning, yes. Because then what you're doing is just censoring. Yes. But you agree that hate speech should not be tolerated. In terms of the social media platforms, fine. And in terms of personal relationships, fine. But I don't think that we need to criminalize it. Like, have the government enforce it upon people. You know what I mean? Because, again... Not promoting that it's a good thing, but I think that the best Sound, way f- sounds a little bit. You gotta be careful. You, <laughs> you gotta promote that the right. No, you gotta you gotta phrase that the right way. Because yeah. people, I mean, you have to. You really have to think about how to phrase that. Because, but again, what is hate speech? Well, that that's a different conversation. But that's the important conversation. Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's great. We can all say that we don't like hate speech. I don't like hate speech. You don't like hate speech. There's no one out there who's like, yeah, hate speech, hate. speech. Well, there are people out there. There's How many extreme groups? Yes. I don't know the numbers. Fringes, fringes, and those those exist on the left too. And there is no censorship going on for that hate speech. I yes, I agree. I agree yeah. on that. But the yeah, some t- jokes might be considered hateful, and it's like it's a joke. It's so jokes from ten years ago are considered totally out of bounds now, and you can get canceled for them. Yes. Canceled. Yes, not you can get like scolded or people think maybe you're kind of a dick that's what normal people do yes ending your career ending your ability to make an income ending your ability to participate in polite society Mm -hmm. that's not like a reasonable reaction to someone saying something 10 years ago that you don't like are you the same person you were 10 years ago i'm not no you know no but it's also like i believed in um, being able to make a misstep. Yeah. You know, I think it's okay. That's how you, I don't believe in someone being erased for a misstep. Now, obviously there's levels to missteps. Of if course. it's a horrific, horrific misstep. Yeah. But now things that are considered horrific might be minuscule to some people. Mm-hmm. So the missteps don't seem to really be tolerated. So let me ask you, so you don't really believe in masks. I don't believe in masks at all. Or would you consider yourself a Kevin? A Kevin? Yes. I don't know what that is. How do you not know this, bro? Come on, you're a smart guy. Bro, I'm not on social media do you know anymore. What, do you I, know I, I miss Ka- the new terms. Do you know what a Karen is? Yeah. Karen is Kevin's brother. So is Kevin the same thing as a Karen? Yes. But 
not believing in masks, aren't I the opposite of that? Karens are women. There's multiple things. Right, to right, Karen. right. But wouldn't but, Karens be enforcing the masks on people? No, Karens. Karens are at multiple levels, but let's. They're usually white women in their forties uh-huh. that like like to drink uh, a box of Franzia or like a latte. Yeah, but they usually have a little tea in there. <laughs> and what they do is they go to somewhere like Trader Joe's, uh-huh. and then they say they can't wear a mask because they have a condition. And they have a medical exemption. And all they have to do is put the mask on just to get the food. Oh, no. I like those people. But, but I don't think that's caring. But that's, well, that's what a lot of people say that's a Karen. That's interesting. So hold on. Because but, I feel but, like but Karens comply with all the rules. And they are like super enforcers of the societal rules. That's always been my take on it. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm wrong. It depends. There's multiple. There's multiple. There's levels to this shit. Yeah, there's levels to a Karen. But basically, a Karen Karen would be like, you're not supposed to skateboard here, school property. Sure. So she's like a fun sucker, which she's probably technically right, but it's not bothering anybody. Also, a Karen is someone who's like, where's your manager? Where's your manager? So hold on. Yeah. If everybody's going to have to wear a mask and you Uh just have to go to Trader Joe's to get your food, do you go to, to supermarkets to get food? I will put... I'll I'll do this whole thing, right? I'll put I'll put this on my bandana, my friendly little trusty bandana. Yes, I'll throw that on because private businesses own their property; they have liability. I am going to respect the fact that they want me to do that in their private property. I will do that. I'll put it on right before I walk in the door. As I walk out the door, I'm taking it off. So that's you it. so that's big though. You you don't believe in it, but you respect the policy. I don't respect the policy at all. I respect the right of the private business owner to have the policy. Great. And that's big, dude. And you're respecting the people in there who may not want to see without a mask. No. Well, you, well, okay, you're doing it for the, the business. Thing. I'm literally only doing it so that I don't have to deal with annoying people. Yes. Yeah. But what, what happens if it is true that you could have it and spread it? Don't you think that's narcissistic? No, it's also not true. I mean, well, okay, but what, do you have a medical degree? No, but I can read, and first off, okay, so le- let me go on masks How for a second, okay. okay? So, before May of last year, there was never any advisement from anyone anywhere at any time in the history of infectious diseases that said it was a good idea for a community of healthy people to wear masks. Never happened. And there was a reason for that. It's because masks don't do anything. I can't, I can't give someone herpes if I don't have herpes. <laughs> I can't give someone the coronavirus if I don't have the coronavirus. Asymptomatic spread does not exist. We all knew this a year ago. Then it changed. They will still admit that. And that's what the data says too. Asymptomatic spread, they say, does exist. That's not true. It just isn't true. Is that is that is it that is, is that a medical? Is a medical person said that? Yes, the director of the WHO has said that. And they first of all, first of all, they said it last June, and then they have reaffirmed it since then. Anthony Fauci has said that. Anthony Fauci also said that masks might make you feel better, and they might catch a stray droplet here and I, there. I did hear that. Right. 
all of the medical experts in the world used to agree about some of these very basic things. And the masking for healthy communities was one of them. If you have symptomatic coronavirus, just like any other, like the flu or like a cold or anything else, fine, put a mask on. Or better yet, stay home until you feel better. Yes. So, so that's the first part. And the second part is, there's differences in masks. The N95 mask can actually provide some level of protection against viral spread. If it's worn properly, the number of people who wear N95 masks properly is zero. You can walk around outside in your neighborhood and see people with these masks. They're tugging on them. They're moving them. The truth is, the effectiveness of an N95 mask at preventing viral spread stops if you have a beard because this space that's created between your skin and the mask is enough for the virus to get out. These don't work at all. I know. And the fact that I can use this in a store, that this counts as a mask, is part of the proof that this is just bullshit. Mm. This should not be allowed. And then, you know, also, Fauci... So you're saying we should have N95 or nothing? No, we should... By the way, Fauci still says that we shouldn't, that normal people shouldn't wear N95s. N95s aren't safe for normal people to wear. I had one, but I had a big old beard. So you're saying I'm (laughs) part of the problem. No, I'm not saying... Dude, I don't think anybody's part of the problem because everybody's getting so much bullshit. The problem is from the top down. Because we are being lied to at a high level, and then we are being told that we should be morally enforcing these nonsense guidelines against our fellow citizens. Why do you think they want us to wear masks then? If you don't think that it works, why do you think they want us to wear a mask? And why do you think they want us to double up now? (laughs) Because I did hear those things that you said. I didn't hear all of it, but the Fauci droplet, if you got one droplet, I did see that interview. Yeah. So, well, I mean... I don't think too deeply about the meaning of the masks. I think a lot of people do. And that they say, oh, they're trying to muzzle us. They're trying to take away our identity. And some of that is definitely true. But I think that it it continues the collective fear. And we're not scared of the flu. I mean, the idea that all of a sudden we're just going to wear masks forever. There are flus that are more deadly than the coronavirus. And we have never worn masks. We have vaccines for flu that most people don't even bother taking. You know? Like, we have just decided that this is the scariest thing that ever happened. And it just isn't. So, but you do go into supermarkets and you do wear the masks, even though you don't believe in it. And I respect Mm -hmm. that. Right, right, right. But I won't do it anywhere else. I mean, I'm not going to do it at my house. I'm not not going to do it well, that's not actually true. In Pennsylvania, they do ask you to do that. Inside your own house. Yeah. But if you go to a coffee shop, you have to wear a mask. You have to wear a mask. But you can't hang out in a coffee shop. I no, 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 no. But yeah. you put it on the... So it sounds like you even... I respect that because you don't may not believe in it, but you're still abiding by... For me, it's just a common courtesy. I'm not... I didn't go to Harvard Med. Right. I don't fucking know the truth. But here's the thing. So that- if some if it makes somebody feel better, my common man, I would like them to do that to me. So it's a common really? courtesy. Oh, man. See, I don't it's agree with a, that at all. It's just a mask. No, man. It's just a mask now until it's an anal swab in two months. That's coming. No shit. And Or until it's getting a test every time you want to travel. 
That's or coming. needing to get the vaccine and a vaccine passport. That's coming. So where where does it stop? It should have stopped before the mask. But that's not going to stop. All those things you said, I believe, is going to happen. I I and there's agree only with one you, two but ways to. Aren't end you it. bothered by that? Um, let me give you my three cents. Let me try to form my thoughts. I'm very fortunate. Sure, I've lived, I've been around the world multiple times. Um, honestly, what you said in the beginning about this pandemic for me has been that like I've been getting more stuff done and doing projects that I haven't been able to do and such. Would I want to have to get? I don't even want to say it because they get. Do I want to get the V to be able to travel? No. Mm-hmm. Will I be bombed if I can't fly without it? Yes. We'll see if push comes to shove. I don't know yet, but do I definitely believe it's going to be inter-country for sure? Mm-hmm. Do I think it's going to be interstate? Possibly. So can I stri- drive around the United States? That's fine. I'll I mean, drive. How but- many freedoms are you comfortable with having stripped away? I don't think we're that free to begin with. I That's think fine. The illusion of freedom is what people think they have. That may well be true, but the illusion was created in this gradual way by accepting things like this. You may not be wrong. Yeah. You may. Here's what I want to say. That's what that. worries me, man. Here's what. So, so like you're off. Let's stay on this topic, but I'll go off. You're off Instagram and all that stuff. Well, I got banned from Instagram and then someone at Facebook. For what? Had- Talking, talking about, about your ideas, yeah. okay. You got actually. Got oh, you banned. know, you know what I, th- you know what post I think got me banned is when I told people not to update Instagram anymore, which was interesting. Yeah, that was a really interesting thing. Yeah, and then, uh, and so I got banned. I got back on there like five days later. Someone helped me out, and I think that that person expected that I was going to shut my mouth at that point, <laughs> and it suddenly and changed. I immediately came back. And posted a picture of Mao and was like, now I'm going to go even harder. And so I did. And then Instagram changed their terms of service on the the 20th of December. And I read the terms of service. And it's ridiculous. And I was like, all right, I'm done. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Let me go back to your question. What freedoms am I worried about? It depends on how deep and far it goes. So there are people that like are saying like you, it's going to go so deep and so far, which very well could happen. Uh-huh. Here's what I think is going to happen. Money's going away. Everything's going to be digital currency. Uh-huh. Um, I think a lot of China's surveillance type of stuff will be here, but I'm friends with a comedian that's uh, very tight with a Chinese comedian. And he's interviewed him multiple times and said that surveillance state isn't as much as people think it is. And he's Chinese and he's over there. Okay, but... So wait, let me finish. So I think that you're off Instagram for good reasons or whatever you want to be, but you know everyone still can track you if you have a phone. So you can be tracked. Levels. Yeah, but it's pretty... Anyone can find anyone pretty much. But I... it, look, if I have to do certain things to get on an airplane that are way more than what they are now, like literally injecting something in my body, that will be very alarming. Do I think that can happen? Yes. Do I have to go into an anal swab like they are doing in China? That will be highly alarming. I'm actually not sure they're actually doing it. I think that a lot of the time they show us that stuff to mess with our heads. That could be. Like that people could be. dropping dead from the streets in Wuhan last year, that never happened. How do you know? I mean, 
Has anyone dropped dead in the streets anywhere else in the entire world from coronavirus? I don't know. I don't have yes, a camera do. in a thousand places. Oh, come on. <laughs> you're just like, you're so absolute. I'm no, like, no, 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 no. It's not, it's, it's not about absolutes. It's about, it's about considering what the narrative is and what's being pushed toward us. And there are instances like that that we would certainly be shown if they were happening because they help enhance the narrative. You know what I mean? Like if the homeless in L.A., which they are absolutely everywhere, yeah. if they were dying from coronavirus, we would know about it. Why wouldn't they tell us that? That's two narratives that they like combined, that we need to help the homeless and that coronavirus is very deadly. But we haven't seen, we haven't heard a single story about homeless people dying from coronavirus. They very well could be, but you're, I don't, I don't, I don't hear that. You're right. Yeah. I don't hear like there's a rash of deaths in homeless, but I don't know what's Where happening. are the coronavirus outbreaks on planes? Um, also, very good point. They say the HEPA filter is very good on them. But yes, listen, listen, you're making a lot of good points. The question is, I feel that the, what you're th- talking about, though, is are you going to go off the grid? Because there's a no. way within the system. So like, let me try to explain it in the simplest way is that I believe Hollywood is getting so microcosmed where they think they're still the voice of the people. But as somebody goes out more and more like I do, the pe- the voice is getting smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. as you know. So to play in certain rules in Hollywood, I like to play in it all, but they literally are going to have a certain narrative. So that will be the same for other things. So it depends on what you feel comfortable with. Do I think that we have to have a mandatory vax? I hope not. Consider what mandatory means. You know what I mean? Can't leave the house. If unless you get a vaccine. Yeah. That's bananas. That would be bananas. Yeah. That would be bananas. Yeah. That could happen. People have spent a lot of time saying, well, are you a doctor? Are you a doctor? And it's like, first of all, are you a doctor? Like, you know that these doctors are telling you the truth? Because I have world-renowned epidemiologists, virologists, scientists, who I can cite at will, Sunetra Gupta. Look her up. She has who? Been- <laughs> I thought you said Sanjay Gupta. Sunetra Gupta. Oh, Sunetra. Is yeah, that yeah, yeah. Sanjay's sister? No. Okay. No, there's just lots of Guptas. Okay. Um... I've been on the same page as her the entire time. There is something called the Great Barrington Accord that everybody should look up. There are... What is that? Well over a thousand scientists there saying that the coronavirus response has been absolutely terrible. Lockdowns were never, ever tried in the history of disease before. Locking down an entire nation. What about Spanish flu? They they occasionally, like, would quarantine people, but quarantine's different. Quarantine is for people with, with a disease. Keeping a diseased person away from healthy people is smart and common sense. Keeping healthy people away from everybody makes no sense. All right. So, that's just so much going on with you. I like to finish I mean, Sweden points. didn't lock down at all. But, okay, so it's, there's an example. Right. I've heard two answers on that. Uh-huh. Sweden, I heard... It was successful. And then I heard it was a complete disaster. Well, they tried to do the complete disaster thing for a really long time until they realized that they couldn't keep that narrative anymore. So was it successful or a complete disaster? No, it was successful. They kept their society going. Again, that's the point. But what was their rates of sickness, death, all that? It was not worse than New York and New Jersey. Andrew Cuomo 
and uh, Phil Murphy in New Jersey. Those are the single two worst coronavirus death rates in the world. And Cuomo, which the idea that that guy's a hero is insane to me. Well, the, the old folks home. He that, put sick people into nursing homes. Yeah. People think that's a conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. That is His true. own attorney general came out with an, a report last week that said that they have undercounted the nursing home deaths by 50%, and they did it on purpose. He hid them. Why did he, why did he do that? Why did he put them into the nursing homes? I mean, listen, man. That's I'm lambs not, to slaughter. Yeah. Well, yeah, I no, can't. But, but, but the official story was what? They didn't have enough hospital beds? The official story, well, yeah, they tried that, except for the fact that Donald Trump sent uh, the comfort and the mercy, the hospital ships, yes. up to New York, and they were not used for coronavirus patients That's at all. That's true. And they That's turned around and true. left. That's also true. That's also true. Bro, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Oh, but let me get back to the doctor thing for a second, right? When people say you're not a doctor, I think one of the biggest problems with the Hollywood mindset and a bunch of the, the mindset that is totally attached to what I call the central narrative. And the central narrative is the main story. And people imagine that we have a left and a right in the middle, right? We don't have that. We have parts of the same narrative. And like Fox News will tell that central narrative to one side of the country in a certain way, whereas MSNBC will tell this the other side of the same narrative to the other side of the country. They're basically just marketing to different people, but it's the same story essentially, right? And I totally lost my train of thought on where I was going with that. But I do that too. <laughs> I thought you had me though. I didn't even making... eat any weed today, bro. Um, but uh, God damn it, where was you're, I going with You're that? not a doctor. People hate it when right, right, right. you're not a doctor. Well, yes, but... Uh, the uh, attachment to the central narrative, any, anytime anyone goes outside of that, people freak out. And the thing about the, uh, the doctor saying that you're not a doctor, you're not an expert, you're not an expert. I know I'm not an expert. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm just doing it so no, no, I have to like... I'm not doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not saying that. So no, people no, don't go, oh, you fucking idiots. Like, I want people to know your background because you're very intelligent. Well, yeah, I don't have a medical background. But, that, but the thing that we do... When you are addicted to the central narrative and you are there just readily repeating the slogans that you see, whether you see it on an MSNBC or Fox or CNN or wherever, if you're always talking about that same central story, you have total confidence in that thing being true. And it allows you to basically turn your brain off. You know, saying that I am not an expert is fine. Yes, true. I haven't gone to med school. That doesn't mean that on a basic level, I can't understand these things. And if scientists are not able to explain to the public the basic ideas that are relevant and necessary when making life decisions, then they're bad at their jobs. And the idea that we can just say this is the science, there is no the science. There is, a, there is science, and scientists disagree all the time, you know? Um, we have to be able, like politicians make decisions. Politicians aren't scientists. If politicians listen to scientists all the time, then they are only getting this one perspective and making their decisions on one variable. And no one does that. In your life, you don't do that. Mm -hmm. You measure risk based on your values and your goals 
And as a politician or somebody setting public policy, you should be accounting for those things. And so if scientists can't explain that in a way that the public can have a conversation about it, then it's useless. And the idea that we can't understand simple principles without being able to like talk about the little, what the little spikes on the virus are, I mean, that's insane. That's mm-hmm. insane. We don't make any decisions that way in any other aspect of life. So what do you think is going to happen? In terms of coronavirus? Isn't it? I mean, I get the vibe that we're slowly opening up. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, now that they are comfortable that Joe Biden has usurped the White House, um, of course, that would seem to be the next step. But the problem is that when we've handled it this way and when we've maintained this mindset, they can basically snap their fingers at any point and say, oh, there's a new strain now. Hide! They did. They have. Okay. Well, Anthony Fauci has also raised the level of herd immunity from... 60 to 70 to now it's like 90 and now he's saying that the key for herd immunity is vaccinating children that makes no sense really yeah okay that's his new thing i don't know enough about which who should be vaccinated uh, okay so let me ask well, you kids this. barely get sick from it barely barely get it at all don't spread it and don't die from it and so why do they need to be the ones that get vaccinated especially when the vaccine hasn't been tested or approved on them crazy it's absolutely crazy there's multiple theories you could go down on that one yeah i guess we can't do that though i mean it's gonna have to beep (laughs) so wait did trump win the election or was it stolen are we allowed to talk about this how can you use code did you are you a trumper or a bidener well i mean are you a moderate no well I don't you even vote? know what moderate means anymore. Yes, I voted for Donald Trump. Okay. Yeah. I didn't even vote. I happily, enthusiastically voted for Donald Trump and encouraged other people to. I can talk about Donald Trump. I can talk about Joe Biden. And I can talk about where I sit politically. But the truth is that Donald Trump is not, I don't think, what people make him out to be. And the people who hate him... I think are really just exposing something about themselves. And I can say that as a person who voted for Hillary Clinton and said all the terrible things about Donald Trump that my peers still say. When did you vote for Hillary? 2016. And then you voted for Trump in the next election. Right. Wow. Okay, so what... what I voted for Obama twice. I've never voted Republican in my life until 2020. So you voted... This is... Okay, so you voted for Obama twice. Yep. You voted for Hillary Clinton. I voted for John Kerry. I voted for Al Gore. When did the switch happen? The switch happened after COVID. Well, I'll tell you this. As soon as Hillary lost, I was very, very fully informed on the central narrative in 2016. I knew all of the arguments about why Hillary had to win and Trump had to lose. I know all of the things that my friends on the left still believe and still say to me now. And I would repeat those and I would argue those and I felt very assured of myself in doing that. And then after she lost, I was like, wow, man, I was really wrong, but also the media is really wrong. And how can so many Americans think that this guy is okay? And rather than just getting mad at it, I was like, okay, I want to figure out the answer to this question. And so I started reading... um, conservatives and trying to find out what 
conservatism was about and whether there were actual counter arguments to all these things that are hammered into our head all day long. And so over the next couple of years, I, you know, not too long after that, I switched my voter registration from Democrat to independent and I kept listening and talking and thinking about all this stuff. And then once coronavirus started, man, I realized that the media was telling us about this disease through the lens of whether or not the thing they were saying was helping or hurting Donald Trump. Everything was about whether or not it helped or hurt Donald Trump getting reelected. And at that point, I realized, wow, this is not responsible at all. And I was, I was spending 10 or 12 hours a day studying this stuff. And so when I would hear Trump talk about the coronavirus, I would hear him saying things that I had already researched fully. And I was like, oh my God, he is telling the truth and they are lying about what he's saying. And at that point, I was like, whoa, they've been doing this the whole time. And then I was like, okay, well, what else did I get wrong? And you go back through like the Russian collusion stuff, the Mueller probe, impeachment, all of it. And it just all instantly falls apart. And you can talk to anyone on the left about any of these subjects and they don't know the first thing about them. They don't, they literally do not understand at all what the Russian collusion stuff was, what the Mueller stuff was, and the fact that the the impeachment over the Ukraine stuff was about something that Joe and Hunter Biden actually were doing. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was like, wow. And then if you start to actually listen to Donald Trump, rather than getting upset at the way he speaks or his language or the fact that he is coarse or rude sometimes... It becomes a different thing, man. And you realize that he's just telling you what he really thinks, which is more transparent and more honest than any politician I've seen in my lifetime. Listen, there's a lot. I, I have to figure out what I'm going to keep out of this, but that was great. Uh-huh. I I agree with you. I liked his candor. Yeah. But it's like, you know, then you're called a racist or that, again, a sexist. It's they like, can't back any of that stuff up, man. You say, okay, well, why is Donald Trump racist? And they don't know. They say... Uh, well, and- Mexicans. But I, I, my argument to that was, if he was just clearer, he just didn't dump stuff down enough. He's like, I don't even do the impression of Mexicans are rapists. But if he just said, listen, there's a lot of cartels sending some... Ba-. That's what I thought he was talking about. He the was cartels. talking about that. But he didn't say that specifically. And people were like, yeah, 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 yeah. But wait, let me go back. But they could listen. Just let me, and then I'll. Go ahead. They could allow that to be placed in the overall context of everything that he says about that subject all the time and realize that that's exactly what he's talking about. And, you know, the fine people on both sides, all you have to do is actually watch that video or read the quote. And he said, I'm not talking about white nationalists they should be condemned all the, fully. Yeah. He says it in the same quote. I agree. I, so I, that stuff's they, crazy. The problem he didn't do is when they did the debate and he should have said, proud boys, they stand back, stand down, where he should have just been more specific. And people, it, and the problem is if you try to even defend it, then you're that. And it's like, I'm it's, happy it's, to defend that one too, man. But, but I, I agree because he's worked, I think his race is green. I think he likes money. But let me go back for a he second. He lost $2 billion in office for everybody who thought that he was scamming How do you know the that? world. Just report about it two days ago. I, do you really think he has a billion? That's a question. Yeah. There's a lot of, they, they say that. I know, man. But isn't it amazing that no one can explain that one either? 
I mean, I don't know. I think that the guy probably has a, a very high credit line, but he definitely lives. I mean, he's got multiple assets, whether they're <laughs> whether partially his or all his or whatever, but that's not for me to tell. But my question is what you're saying is, oh, fuck, you just said something so good. You said... We were talking about the, the fine people okay. on both sides. No, so you said Donald... Oh, God, you said something about Trump. So, okay, so... Okay, so you, I was told about you through a very good friend of ours. Right. I'm not going to name her, but she's deep down a rabbit hole. She is. And, uh, you know, stuff that you can't even talk about. But, you know, I look for kernels and everything. I think you can talk about all of it, man. I know, but I'm going to try to how to do it in a way so sure, I don't sure. get bullshit. But I look at kernels and liberals. I look for truths there. I look for kernels and conservatives. I look for conser- uh, kernels and... Um, certain letter <laughs> so it's like there's all types of so my question is is trump what you what let's just say what the q people say are you a q i, I don't think you're a cure no, no but i also don't think people understand what q is i i agree and i think there's there's definitely some kernels in there. Am I allowed to talk about what Q is? You can. Oh. We have to figure it out. So I what, fucking hate it, dude, because they'll, they will they will put a sting on your a strike on your video. But I'm not even saying that it's right or wrong. No, it's I just, know. I think of everything as information among other information. I know, but dude, you, we don't live in that world. We live I in, know. We have to figure it out. It's not free society. That's what I'm going to say. So let's go here. Do you believe that Trump is the great savior that certain people believe? Yes or no? Uh, there are people. So our friend, who's a very sweet person, smart yep. person, logical person, cute, funny, believes that Trump, and the way she explained it to me, he would have to be the best actor in the world. And he's going to come back and do that whole thing. Um, do yeah, you believe that? I mean, I don't think that. I don't think that I think of it that way. When I think about that stuff. I look at Trump as a guy who was maybe singularly capable of exposing the corruption in the media, the corruption in social media. I, I agree the with corruption that. Corruption in the university system. I agree with that. Corruption in government. And They're going to say Trump University, but he he did. You have to admit, okay, yeah, to, but, in order for people right. to get on your side, I'm just telling you from my experience, you sure. have to take a couple L's with Trump. I'm fine with that. Take a couple L's. So totally. start with a couple of L's. What yeah, yeah, yeah. L's can you do? What don't besides, I like about Donald besides Trump? Besides Trump stakes, give him a couple L's. The thing is, man, I, I'm not like someone who like really gets hung up on what people do in their private lives because I think it's their own business unless they're committing crimes. I know, crimes. but... Like if he actually raped one of those women, obviously that's terrible. Yes. You know what I mean? Obviously. Like I, I have no qualms about saying that. Of course not. Who would? I also am not sure that actually happened. If I had proof of that, fine. Then again, Biden was accused of sexual assault by a woman named Tara Reid, and the media didn't even bother looking into it. So I'm supposed to, on one hand, believe that Trump is a rapist because he's mean to Rosie O'Donnell? Like, that's not even a connection to make. Well, there's a lot more than that. I understand. I'm being a little bit hyperbolic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, you jumped a couple of steps in there. I was going to just talk about... Also, Trump University... I don't know no, enough about do, it. I don't care. Do you? Well, hold on. You got it. You got it. Do you believe that Trump has uh, has been a con man in certain ways? Yes or no? 
in his, his in his, all right. So Trump has been accused of renting, not like renting to certain races because he doesn't think they pay. Right? Do you believe that? I don't know enough about it to say okay. one way or another. Do you believe that Trump was late on paying contractors and stuff because you know he wanted the building up? I'm certain that he didn't pay certain. What people. I'm so do you believe that he is a he's the problem with certain people that are for Trump is that they don't. They think he's a perfect man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think that, and I don't think Trump thinks that. What I do think is that Trump changed while in office. I do think that a lot of people will go crazy on that statement. But what do you think he changed with? I think that he found a sense of purpose in representing the American people's needs. Do you think that Trump is an extreme narcissist? I no longer think that. What? Yeah. Dude, I used to call him a malignant narcissist on my podcast in 2016. I know the mindset. I don't believe it anymore. I believe that Do you Trump think is- he cares about people? Yes. I think he cares deeply about American freedom. I think he's I think he is a patriot that yeah. way. I do believe he thinks people like he may be a narcissist and all these things, like I have to figure out the correct term, but I do believe he's like loves America. I do believe that. How many billionaires how many people with his level of access and power are not egomaniacs on some level? I would say none. Right. So then why does he get destroyed for it, but people who are clearly egomaniacs, as long as they're on the right side politically, who cares? That's how it goes. I mean, yes, fine. If Trump's an egomaniac, fine. But again, I'm not voting for who gets to be my dad. Yeah, I agree. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm voting for who gets to represent the country and preserve the Constitution. So my And qu- Joe Biden's not going to do it. So my question is, is that do you believe that what our friend believes, that Trump is going to come back uh-huh. and take the office? Or is that dead? Well, is th- the Q dream dead? That's I don't... Th- well, listen, man, I think that first we should define what the Q dream is. But What is the Q dream? Say that. I think, well, I think that the first thing people have to understand about the Q thing is that what Q is believed, first of all, there is no thing that's QAnon, all right? And QAnon doesn't have a common set of beliefs. It's not violent. It's not about white supremacy. And it has very, very little to do with, like, people eating babies and Satanism and stuff. Like, that's just not the central issue at all. Q is meant to be, by the way, I've always said on my podcast, Q is either a psyop, a brilliant storyteller in his basement who's tricking everyone, or it's real. And if it's real, it would be- The psyop and the basement are two different things? Well, yeah, it could be a psyop for the government. Yeah, or another organization. Yeah. Or a hacker fucking with us. Right. Or it's real. Okay, so go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, it could just be somebody in the basement and everybody caught on to it for some reason and the guy just kept going with it, which isn't even a psyop. It's just somebody having fun with some dummies on the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the things that we can imagine it is. But if it's real, then what it's said to be is a an element, a group of people in military intelligence Mm -hmm. whose goal was to build an army of digital soldiers, people who could research better than normal people, people who could discover and spread the truth. And if it's that, 
even if it's a psyop, it still accomplished that mission. Mm-hmm. We know about things we would not have known about otherwise. And to that extent, it's really good. People who look at it as like a religious truth and are obsessed with it, I think that that is also wrong. Again, information among other information. If it makes sense, if it helps describe the world, if it tracks with reality, awesome. All information is useful if it fulfills those things, right? And so the plan here, if there's a plan, is that it exposes all of the corruption in our society and rids our society of it. Mm-hmm. And that still is entirely possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, you know, maybe now is the appropriate time to talk about the election. Go for it. I think that there is absolutely overwhelming evidence of widespread result-changing election fraud across the country, not just in the key swing states that we were worried about, but everywhere, everywhere. I think California is one of the most corrupt places in the world. And the idea that this is just a deep blue state is patently false to me. So wait, what? Now, how come when I ask certain people, like they said, every so they'll tell you every case has been thrown out. What do you say to the person that says every case has been thrown out and now not, there was no evidence whatsoever? Mm-hmm. Well, How do you answer that? Sure. First of all, there wasn't evidence presented at any of these court hearings, first of all. Second of all, there are still ongoing cases right now that are about to go to Supreme Court conference on February 19th about the 2020 election. Like, yes, we had the inauguration and all that, but that those court battles are not over by a long shot. And there are some that they've been successful in. And the idea that somehow the court is what dictates right or wrong is insane. And it's especially an insane argument coming from the same people who posted black squares on their Instagram last spring thinking that they were solving racism. Like, courts do not always get the right outcomes. We know that. And anyone who's concerned about the racial justice issue, as far as courts go, that they just throw out the idea of judges being corruptible or wrong when it comes to the elections strikes me as completely hypocritical. So you're saying that there is evidence and the mainstream judicial system is not really taking it seriously. 100%. I'm saying that there is absolute, overwhelming, irrefutable evidence. There's no way in the world that Joe Biden won 81 million votes. What and the, the idea that there's any evidence indicating that he did is insane to me. So what's the irrefutable evidence of your, in your, that you're thinking and why? Go ahead. I'll start well, there's, there's a bunch of levels of that. Um, here are a few of them. And why couldn't the guy get 81 million votes? Well, he didn't campaign. No one showed up at any of his events. No one watches any of his stuff. He's not even trying to legislate with any sort of mandate because he has no mandate. His presidential approval levels are at historic lows for an incoming president. Do you believe that he He got booed at the Super Bowl yesterday? Did he? I didn't see that. Oh, dude, when him and his wife were uh, giving their speech about how everyone needs to get vaccinated, the entire stadium was booing. I didn't see that part. Oh, yeah. Do you believe he's in Culver City right now? You know that theory. Man. Do you I, know that theory? Yeah, I know the theory. Do you want to I tell would, the people the theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
It is believed that it's just Joe, a theory that Joe Biden's inauguration and everything since has been filmed at the Castle Rock set at Amazon Studios in Culver City. What is your belief on that? I, I listen, man. To say I believe that would be, I I couldn't say that because I don't believe it. But wow, you I have that. I have learned over this last year. Our with friend what wants I have to seen, go there and and sneak on the set. But go ahead. I get, dude, I, I'm not saying, like, I will defend everybody's right to believe whatever they believe. I know, believe, you know what I love is that I we know somebody that's very cool that you would love that believes that, and that's okay, and I still love her. Yes, yeah, she's I awesome. Don't, I don't know what the fucking truth is, but the fact that people don't allow people to believe stuff is crazy, but go yeah. ahead. Irrefutable evidence. That's, that starts oh, there. about the voting. Well, yes. what is the, ir- because I try to tell people that, and they're like, you don't have no fucking evidence. Well, what we have is the well first off we could start the night of the election right we all went to sleep they called virginia and arizona for joe biden immediately as soon as the polls closed virginia was you know on the east coast obviously one of the first polls to close they immediately call it for biden later in the night they say it's too close to call too early to call so it's already switched there arizona they called right away and arizona right now has Joe Biden winning by 11,000 votes, and they are actively preventing the Arizona State Senate from being able to run an audit of the voter machines there. That's still going on. Yeah. Today, they just got uh, one Republican flipped and voted with the Democrats to not have the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors arrested for, uh, for not complying with the subpoena. That's insane. They're making sure that at this point, they can't audit the machines. Why? Who's doing that? Republicans? No, 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 no. The Democrats. The Democrats are not allowing you to audit the machines. But by the way, this isn't only a Democrat problem. This is a Republican problem, too, because the corruption goes on both sides. Okay. There's a lot of Republicans who don't want Trump as part of the Republican Party. Yes. And they are all happy to fight against this. Brad Raffensperger in Georgia is one of them. In in uh, Pennsylvania, Kathy Bookvar, the, secret- the Secretary of State, has already resigned, and she's going to be in a load of trouble because they changed voter laws without the state legislature, and then they prevented the legislatures from actually meeting to discuss the certification of the votes. They just pushed all of this through. Everything, COVID as an excuse to start mail-in balloting, ballot harvesting, all this stuff. You can look at what they have. What's ballot harvesting? Ballot harvesting? Ballot harvesting allows people to go around and collect people's ballots. So you go to Silver Lake mm-hmm. and you go to door to door, ask for people's ballots, even if they haven't filled them out. That true? A hundred percent. If they haven't filled them out? Yes. And one thing that they were doing in 2016 and 2018. And, and do I'm sure this- what? And then put their own vote in? No, they'll say, one of the things that they do is take DACA kids and go around to these places and they go to old. What's old, a DACA kid? The, 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 uh, the children of immigrants. DACA dreamers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The dreamers. And um, they go around and they say, I see that you're not voting. Like, I have done a lot to come here. And maybe you could cast your vote for me if you're not going to vote. And they'll have the person fill it out and sign it and they'll take their ballot. This is a real thing that happens. And the other thing is, in May, one of the first things that stopped COVID relief money from going around the country, the second round, was 
that Nancy Pelosi wanted four things. She wanted to appease the teachers unions around the country who have been primarily responsible for keeping children out of school. It's not the disease, it's the teachers unions. She wanted to bail out the democratic states that have imposed these massive lockdowns and destroyed their economies. And the other two things she wanted were universal unsolicited mail-in balloting and universal ballot harvesting across the entire nation so that they could send out all these mail-in ballots to everybody on the voter rolls and then go collect the ballots and do exactly the thing that they did, which is bring in mail-in ballots until they have enough to say, okay, Joe Biden won. Well, we, nobody's mailing them in anymore. Joe Biden won. We have video, man. There's video. Video of uh, vans arriving at the TCF Center in Detroit, bringing in tens of thousands of ballots at 3.30 in the morning. In Atlanta, I at, saw the, that. at the State Farm Arena, you have Ruby Freeman there taking ballots out from under the table and running them through a machine a bunch of times. And But you the, don't know what that, I don't know what that means. Well, yeah, you do. Are they ballots that needed to be counted? There are supposed to be people from both parties in there watching all of the ballot counting. Oh. I think it's just it's it's just straight up illegal. It's it's a total archaic system. Like a piece of paper and fucking pencil. Well, I mean, it's better than the machines. I honestly a paper ballot with just a simple marker is it's worked for all time. I know, but I feel like it's you're right. Like but we're in 2021 so, and we should have a better yeah, technological it should solution? Be like, uh, it should be like, it should be uh, blockchain or something. You know what I mean? Simple shit. <laughs> yeah, blockchain, simple shit. Well, it's transparent. <laughs> transparent. Right, right, right. I agree that if we were able to make something that good, it would be awesome. But the machines right now don't work. And the idea that we can't even talk about that is crazy. There's a, there's a, a documentary on HBO right now. Called? Kill Chain. I guess. It is it. all about... The Dominion voting systems and how faulty they are. They have college kids hacking them in like two minutes. Amy Klobuchar, who ran in the Democratic primary, is on there talking about how bad they are. And like now we're not allowed to talk about it? There's a documentary on HBO. No, we are. It's just that they get so crazy with the flagging. Yeah. But why is that? Why can't we talk? So here's what happened. On November 4th, I woke up, I saw the new vote counts, and I was like, what in the hell just happened? It did change very quickly. Yes. It changed very quickly like this. Like Joe Biden. Oh, hey, Joe, you need 140,000 new votes. Here you go. It it started with, I remember it started with Biden winning, and then as the night went on, all it, it looked like Trump again. And then they shut the vote down. And then they shut down the counting all, all across the country. Yeah, I don't know what happened, and it went, and then everyone fell, I fell, fell asleep at like three thirty. That's narrative control. I don't know what happened. Why yeah. did they shut the vote down? And then, and then we woke up, and Biden was like, "It's Biden." Yeah. Wait, what does that mean? What does that mean? It, it narrative control. They controlled it. I think mean, they're controlling the story. But yeah, what how, what happened when we turned our TVs off? What about the people that didn't turn their TVs off? I didn't turn my TV off. So what happened? Well, I mean, I turned I turned it off at like one a.m. And then got up at seven, and it was You're now done. Biden's winning. What? Like that's not real. That's not like counting ballots at three thirty in the morning that just came in. That's not legal. Why isn't that legal? Well, it's literally against the law in most places. Wait, don't the but, ballots just come in that night? No, no. I mean, people were sending in mail-in ballots for months beforehand. They're supposed to all arrive by that date or be postmarked by that date. But they changed it so that they could 
count ballots that had no postmark at all. And then you have the the Mark Zuckerberg drop boxes all over. Yeah, that was another thing. Something with five hundred million. Educate. Yeah, yeah, he spent a half billion dollars. Educate me on that. It was yeah. kind of almost like a sovereign state. Something they say you're not allowed to be a sovereign state. He basically was like, "This is how you should vote." I don't know enough about it. So what Zuckerberg did was he started um, what they call public-private partnerships, where he would go around to different localities around the country, or his organization would. Obviously, it wasn't like Mark was showing up being like, "Hey, can I change how your voting laws work?" But uh, he would fund communities to alter their election laws and rules to put in those drop boxes. There's a whole range of stuff that he did. There's actually a really good um, press conference that a guy named Phil Klein did from the Amistad project. And it's like a two hour presentation where he goes through all this stuff. And it's, it's honestly stunning. I watched some of that on your thing. What we're seeing is you, you said, but that was going to be a game changer. changer. And I was looking at it going, when's the game going to change? Cause that was fascinating. You know what, man? He, Phil Klein had some fascinating stuff. The this stuff didn't happen on the timeline I expected, but it's still going to happen. I what mean, do you think is going to happen? So, wait, to, to stay, so, sure, sure, sure. So Mark went in. Mm-hmm. This is a fact, a hundred percent fact, and went into a this community is, that was, let's this, just say, not needed help. Well, they don't need help, and he funded what? He funded all sorts of different efforts to increase the vote in among certain demographics and certain voting populations rather than encourage rather voting. than other ones. Encourage. Not just encourage voting. He wanted to encourage a result. And okay. he actually put clawback provisions in the contracts. What's a clawback? So if if he didn't get the results he wanted from that locality he was able to extract the money back even after they've already spent it. Wow. Which is very dangerous for a um, for a town or a county or a city or whatever to, that's dangerous for them to do because now they've spent the money and if they have to pay him back, then they're paying out of the public coffers. So let's just go and dumb it down for sure. me and everybody else. You're saying that Mark went in or the, the Facebook organization went in to certain communities. Well, it wasn't even the Facebook. It, it was uh, the Zuckerberg Chan initiative. Like it was his private It was money. his private money. And he went in and said... Hey, I'm going to give X amount to a school mm-hmm. and a program to get more computers in your school. Well, but, that would be fine. Yeah. So if you do that, that's fine. But here's what you should really initiatives I want you to concentrate on voting on. Uh, clean water, weed, or something else. But it wasn't about initiatives. It was about the actual process of the election. Okay. Yeah, like he literally, like the, you saw those drop boxes out there, right? Where? You didn't see any drop boxes around the city, the voting drop boxes? Like put your mail-in ballot here. I probably did, yeah. Okay, because I saw them all over. But those don't get postmarked at all. Like, that should just be straight up illegal. That should be obvious to everyone that that's not how this is supposed to work. But was but it is legal. Well, it's extra legal. It's basically like no one stopped it because who in California was going to enforce it? So you're saying Mark made it very easy for people to vote, put money in the community. He wanted a certain result, and by doing that, got that result. Yep. That, that is a very simple way of putting it, yeah. Okay. And so the guy, Phil Klein, from mm-hmm. the Amistad Project said, this is unconstitutional? Is that what he said? What he said is that a lot of this stuff was actually lawless. 
may, might not have been directly illegal, but it was outside the bounds of the law. And the law about voting is very specific. And voting laws have to be changed by state legislatures. That's in the Constitution. And they went around that. And that's what that's why Kathy Bookfar has resigned. That's why there are going to be a lot of problems in Georgia, because a lot of their rules got changed with a consent decree between their Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, and Stacey Abrams. I mean, Stacey Abrams is a walking election fraud machine. Dude, people love her. Yeah, but why do they love her? They can't even explain it. I have no idea, but they just... It's she was up for a Nobel Peace Prize. I have no idea what, anything about her. I just know that she would Neither come Neither do up they. And they would... She's cheat. just the new black woman that everybody loves. People love her. Okay, wait, so let's go back. You, you said something. I mean, this is my mind is like... <laughs> Dude, so, there's so much. There really is so much. Oh, I know. So you, so f- I want to stay on the Amstad project. Sure. What is that project, and what is the timeline? Do you think that's going to happen, and what is going to happen? So, what is the Amistad project? What do you think is going to happen? What is the timeline? The Amistad project. I mean, as far as their work here goes, they're just trying to um, make sure that the voting process in the country actually follows the Constitution, and that clearly didn't happen. I don't know about a timeline. In terms of lawsuits, hopefully that'll happen, but those things take forever. I mean, in terms of... What are they trying to do? Say there was some tomfoolery in the election. Well, he's going after the... I mean, let's break it down a little bit further on what this Facebook thing really is, right? What we have is essentially an oligarch, one of the world's richest men, who is not only just a rich man, he's not like a wealthy uh, oil tycoon, for instance, he has access to everyone's information about virtually everything. Yeah. Right? It's true. The idea that someone in that position can spend $500 million to literally buy our election results, that's an extraordinarily dangerous situation for what we say is a free society. Mm. Like, that's literally the thing that we're supposed to be scared of. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that is an actual dystopia and no one seems to care. Mm -hmm. Why do you, so he wanted Biden then? Well, yeah, I mean. Why does, why does, why does the, why does he want Biden? Well, Biden, first of all, is absolutely controllable. I mean, I don't know how much you've gone into like the Biden China stuff and the Biden Hunter China stuff. There's a lot of that. Biden is a walking national security threat. Dak, Dak, you get us both fucking thrown off on the right platform. But you, no. you used to be able to say stuff like that. No, man. I mean, it's just, like Hunter Biden's laptop is real. Now that now the real news has agreed that Hunter Biden's laptop is real. Before the election, it was Russian disinformation. But since then, they've admitted it's real. So, so it's, cool it's real, but what's in it? You never checked it out? No. Oh, God, it's horrifying. I don't want to Well, even first know. of all, there's deep records of uh, Hunter Biden and James Biden, Joe's brother, and Joe Biden, 10% to the big guy, right? I've heard that. Term. Yeah. And uh, their dealings in the Ukraine, in China, and in Russia. This is Joe Biden, our proxy president for Obama's third term, literally selling American policy to our foreign adversaries. He is completely controlled by China. His son is absolutely compromised. There are all sorts of pictures of his son engaging in sex acts with uh, hookers in China with what seem to be, and I don't know, underage girls. There are messages about his own underage uh, 
niece, his brother's daughter, he started a relationship with his dead brother's wife. And then there was all sorts of discussion of inappropriate behavior with their daughter. This is, so there that are pictures is, of him on there with uh, his teeth, just like these little chiclets from, uh, from the crack pipe. So let's go slow. Sure. Because I've heard all of this. Yeah. But I have not looked into it. So it's basically our America was for sale to our adversaries. He gets paid. His sons uh, get paid. They're compromised. Mm -hmm. So they never rat anyone out. Well, yeah, it's not even that they're not ratting anybody out. They have to do it because they're compromised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have to do whatever China wants. If the media admits that this is true, uh-huh. then why isn't anyone looking at the laptop? Great question. The FBI had the laptop in uh, December of 2019, and it has proof there of Hunter Biden's dealings in Ukraine. And what that proof would have done at the time is completely negated any reason to impeach Donald Trump over that. That was complete exculpatory evidence in in the first impeachment. And the FBI sat on it. That is extraordinary high-level corruption. We're talking about the last five years being the single greatest political crime in world history. And the fact that they just did this with this election to kind of complete the plan, they have, for now pulled off literally the greatest crime. They've stolen the American presidency after spending five years of trying to get that president kicked out of office for lies. That, there's no other word for that than a coup. That's what, it's, that's what it is. It was a slow-moving soft coup for five years, and it ended with stealing an election. I know someone very connected in the Republican Party. I mean, I know some Democrats too, but like the Demo- this person's pretty high up and he said that the Dems stole the election fair and square though. Hmm. He said politically they stole it. God, what, I, yeah, I mean. Whatever I, that means, but he says there's a lot of that type of. Well, if he's well, talking about like they denied the Hunter Biden laptop stuff and. He said they made it work for them, but he, they stole it fair. Yeah, yeah, I don't Whatever that, that means. Yeah, I don't believe that's true. Okay, hold on. I just got to ask you this question I had. But this is so much, dude. Oh, my God. Where's my question? Okay. You, what? (sighs) (laughs) Why are you so into this? And you've only been into this for like a year? No, I've been into politics for most of my adult life. But this is a a different level, man. Because what I see is a threat. To our society. So a literal like, existential threat to our society. So let me ask you this, and then I'll let me see. What, so here's what I think. I believe that all, all politicians are corrupt on both sides. I believe that um, there's, that money rules the world. Mm-hmm. And I believe that there's a lot of weird shit in these last years. And I don't know enough. I don't follow it like you, but I but I do believe we don't have as many freedoms as you, you think or people think. So what do you want to achieve with your zealousness? 
in a world where they want to shut people up and you're such a mouthpiece? I think, okay, so you're Gen X, right? I would say. I've just turned 50. You turned 50. Okay, so you are. Yeah. 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 And I'm 42. Um, so I'm like, you're middle Gen X and I'm like the last of Gen X, basically. Yeah. Um, we have been raised extremely entertained and in many ways detached because our parents' generation, the boomer generation, maybe your parents are older. I have no idea how old your parents are. My parents are boomers. What's a, what year is a baby boomer? The baby boomer, the baby boom was like uh, 1950 to 1964. How like old are your parents? My parents, my dad was 51 and my mom was no, how are they, how born old are they? in 52. So um, oh, my dad's turning 70 this year. My mom's turning Oh, 60. your parents are young. No, my God rest my parents' soul. They're right there. They're, uh, they're, they're lovely. What a great couple. They're, they're, they're. Bye how long bye. were they married? 60 years. That's so fantastic. I don't think they're boomers. I think they, they might, were, yeah. they were probably depression era. I was very late and got it. I had a lot of older brothers and sisters. Got it. So. Anyway, the boomers are like an extraordinarily decadent generation. Okay. And they kind of gave... So I think of the boomers as a very decadent generation, and then we came after that, and we were more detached and maybe kind of apathetic in some ways and didn't want to connect to these things that we see that they're clearly just not right. Like, hasn't there always been a sense for you, and maybe maybe not, but... For me, there's kind of always been a sense that, like, I'm being lied to on some level. All the time. Right? Yeah. That is not a necessary state of being, I don't think. No, but, yeah, wait, hold on. People lie to us all the time. Like, the school sure. stuff, like, I think right. school's bullshit. I think school's That's a fine. fucking bullshit. The prison industrial complex is bullshit. I think there's a lot of bullshit laws. Mm-hmm. So, there's a, yeah, we're lied to all the time. That's a known fact. But why do we accept it? That's my problem. I I think it's getting better, and I think with all the stuff that's happening and the information disruption, which people want to stop and put the fingers in the dikes, but they can't because it's just too much of yep. it, and discredit Reddit, which is not just, you know, or 4chan when there's good information everywhere, yeah. right? And CNN is not the arbiter of just good information. You know, there's information everywhere. I think that we accept it because... How do we? I don't want to accept it, but it's, it's like the way that it's always been. You well, think there's no alternative? Well, it's like kind of like what's happening in Hollywood, right? Like, sure. there's been you know people in power that are scumbags, and then there's people in power that are imposing, but there's they're not scumbags. Sure. So it's like well, you don't want to say something to piss that person off, but it's like yeah, there's fucking don't piss that person off. You want to work. So that, which is bullshit, you yeah. should be hiring your talent, your merit. Yeah. So that's kind of changing. And I think that, yeah, I think it's fear. Fear of not getting, fucking being able to function in society. People fucking taking your credit. People fucking not renting you a car. Whatever the fuck. Fear. There's so many things, yeah. Fear, probably but, fear. So, so I think that we have been, I think that we've been misled in many ways by our culture. And I think that we've been... For hundreds of years, bro. Sure. But I think that there's something different in the last... uh, Since kind of like the Kennedy era. Since like the 60s, right? And I think that it's very intentional and that it puts us in... Like it's... 
I don't know, I can't remember who said this quote, but he was like, we know that our propaganda is successful when the entire society doesn't believe anything true. When everything they believe is false. I heard that. I right? forget who said that. And that's and that's that's almost the point we've gotten to. And I believe that this stuff is intentional and I believe that we have abandoned our ability to think on a moral level and to allow ourselves to step outside that central narrative because there's a cost that comes with that. You know, you play the game, you go along to get along and everything's going to be fine. You go out to the side, you're fucked. And I am not content with that. And I don't think that anybody else should be content with it. And people's own professed beliefs about what they care about are not in line with, with the central narrative, but they, for some reason, can't think outside. They'll express their displeasure, but they won't think, oh, maybe that's just completely wrong. Because it's too dangerous. There's a lot of people that don't take time to be critical thinkers. Right. But like in terms of- But we've been trained out of it. Yeah, I agree with that. To say what you're going to say in my business, it's like, I mean, Hollywood is so left. It's like, there's a lot of uh, people that don't agree with certain shit. But they don't. But they don't say anything. But I know for a fact that there's because there's a lot of money, and money yeah. thinks a certain way. Doesn't mean they're bad people, and it doesn't mean the left are just perfect people. But to, to be a moderate now, or whatever the fuck that is, is your you know probably a conservative or right. So for me to answer that question, I don't say too much because I want to fucking still be in the machine of Hollywood. But as I go on, I'm wondering how viable the machine is. And I believe that, uh, I forgot my thought, but it's just even like, it's, it's, you're right. It's, it's, you're not allowed to express certain opinions without so much fucking pushback. Right. I mean, can you really care about racial justice while you allow 40% of public school children in poor LA communities to be taken out of school, never to return. That's what they thought in last summer that the kids from the remote learning 40% were just never going to go back to school. You can't pretend to care about racial justice and then accept that because you're so worried about the coronavirus. You know what I mean? Like if there's just a, there's just a simple disconnect there. Like you can say that these are your priorities, but if you're not taking that priority into account because somebody puts a, a shiny object over here and says, no, you can't say that because of the disease that we all agree is really dangerous. You don't have that priority. You're not living your priorities. And I think that, you know, one thing I've tried to focus on in, in my podcast is what I call um, like rooted thinking rather than theoretic thinking. And theoretic thinking is basically like the beliefs you have are all based on other beliefs that you also can't explain, right? Mm. And so my goal is to get people to return to thinking to things that they can prove and that they know about human nature and morality, like deep, deep principles about what's right and wrong. And I don't think we think about that stuff anymore, man. And it is really disappointing to me to watch as my peers and my former friends... um abandon morality and watch as all this stuff happens 
without lifting a finger because they're happy to just leave town and go spend half the year at their country home. You know, like that is a level of privilege that is undeniable. And it's not about white privilege or male privilege. I have a different definition of privilege. My definition of privilege is that no matter what happens, no matter what decisions you make, no matter how bad they are and how repeatedly bad they are, no matter how detached and uncaring you are, nothing bad's going to happen to you. That's privilege. It doesn't, it literally doesn't matter what decisions you make because even if everything goes wrong, you're still okay. You still haven't really lost anything. That's privilege. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. being white is not a privilege for somebody in an Appalachian trailer park who can't go to school, their parents don't have work, and now they're all trapped in a little house, there's drugs around, there's alcohol around, there's domestic violence around. Well, you know... That's not privilege at all, man. uh, Well, if you talk to a person of color, they'll say, you know, which is very true, that if they get pulled over or certain things like that, they'll be less profiled because Mm -hmm. of their race. Yeah, I understand that. So that is a privilege of all, all, all the other stuff. Well, that you have, you've talked to black people that have of course, you. yes, so. of course. So, I just don't think that you can apply that across across races, man. That's more of a uh, that's often a class issue, and I get the the driving thing, and that's fine, man. I'm not saying that this is a hard and fast thing that applies to every situation. I'm saying that the conversation we have about privilege is not particularly functional for normal people's lives. It's often used just as a way of people enforcing ideas that they like over other ideas. They will bring up privilege when they want to disagree and get an advantage without actually arguing for it or earning it. So you said your friends, they're, sure. they're leaving. Many of my friends have left and they're they not left LA completely, but those, that's not, not actually what I'm talking but about. But you said, you said they don't want to deal with something and they'll go away right. until it passes sure. and then they won't be affected. That's true privilege, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, uh, are your friends are not doing anything, but there's nothing that they don't know they feel they can do to change the coronavirus except get the word out and like be informed individuals like you are. But they're not informed. They're not even trying to be informed. Well, they are trying to be informed, but but there's there's a difference between actually being informed and just learning all of the central narrative and being able to repeat it to your friends. You know, if you've spent the last year saying to everybody, wear a mask. Oh, now we need two masks. That's not informed. You're just repeating something you heard. Yes. You know? No, definitely. It's too easy to do that, man. And it's too comfortable for people because you get the credit for caring and being informed without actually caring or being informed. Did you, have you lost a lot of friends? Yeah. In oh yeah, for sure. Like how, how bad did you, I mean... Like, people get mad at you? Oh, yeah. Got mad because of... Dude, I got text messages on January 6th. People were blaming me for the riot at the Capitol. Which, by the way, (laughs) Donald Trump didn't incite. No, seriously. Really. What did you do? Someone who I've been friends with for 17 years told me that I was no longer welcome around his family. Wait, hold on. And we're also talking about, by the way... And see, uh, let me just finish this, and then you can marvel at how absurd this is. But, uh... The one thing that really has pissed me off about this town and the people here and the political attitudes here, man, is that I've been very outspoken, but I haven't cut off conversation with anybody. 
Everybody who wants to talk to me and know what I think is welcome to do it. I have the podcast out there. They can listen to my thoughts anytime they want. They can understand exactly where I'm coming from. And some of the people who imagined or I imagined or they imagined were my closest friends didn't bother to have that conversation. Instead, they just got mad. That's not loyalty. That's not friendship. Those are just bad people. They can't have, they can't be your close friend. A close friend knows you inside and out. If I was a, a groomsman in his wedding. So wait, this was a dude. Uh-huh. You don't have to say a name. I won't. Is he in our business? Yeah. He's like an actor or something? Uh-huh. And he said, you're no longer allowed to be around his family? Uh-huh. Because you're, he thinks you're spreading misinformation. Who knows, man? Who knows? Hey. Because I'm responsible for the Capitol riot somehow. So he said you were responsible for the Capitol riot. No, I just, I mean, it ha- it aligned with the time. It was literally as that was happening that I got the text message. And I just wrote back and laughed. I was like, man, you are so confused. It was pathetic. It was one of the most pathetic things I've ever seen. It was unbelievable. How often did you see this person? In my life? Like, did you, like, hang out with them? And for like, years, golf? like I said, I was in his wedding. I was a groomsman in his wedding. I mean, that could be... I mean, that doesn't mean you're super close. It's just a... <laughs> it is. I mean, people could be in a groomsman but never have a deep conversation. Oh, dude. I could have deep conversations with somebody at the supermarket more than a... We have... Uh, we have been housemates. We've been... You've I mean, had deep conversations. Oh, my God, yeah. And he knows yeah. intricacies about you. Back in, our, uh, back in our old school club days in the mid-2000s when everything was fun and everyone was out all the time, we were out eight nights a week. It was that kind of thing. And now you're not friends anymore? Correct. Fuck. And you know what, man? It's All of it's fine. All of it's fine because... Oh, that's hurt. That's painful. It's painful when you feel that you're connected to somebody and all of a sudden you're just cut off. Yes. Yes. But I had also uh, made my peace with that last year. And this has happened a few times. Oh, it's happened many times. Yeah. And these are people who preach tolerance, man. Yeah. Yeah, they don't know what tolerance is. The, the, tr- the truth is that this whole process has, has opened my eyes to how thoroughly dishonest the culture and the society in this town are. You know, people talk about L.A. people. I've never been one of the people who's, who's no, ascribed just, to that theory. I love L.A. L.A. is my home. I have loved L.A. for a very long time. I no longer do, but. Why? L.A. is wonderful. It's, the, if there's, it's not wonderful there anymore. Be, Everything good about this town is over now. It's going to come back. I think you're wrong. Maybe I'm being altruistic, but it, I believe it will come back. I hope, that it, I hope that it will for L.A.'s sake and for how... But, yes, we have, we have massive inequality financially. Uh-huh. We have, you know, like I said, homeless people need a place to live, and it's, it's intense. Um, Incredible corruption. This is one of the most corrupt places in the world. I've been hearing that. I don't know enough about it. I'll tell you about how that intersects with homelessness if you want. Go ahead. And also, the taxes are supposed to be terrible, but then I also heard that the taxes will even out. <sighs> I but, don't know about that. But go ahead. But the homelessness thing, man, they pra- they passed a uh, it's uh, Proposition HHH a few years ago. It, it designated uh, $1.4 billion to build housing for the homeless, and each unit was meant to cost $140,000. $1.4 billion uh-huh. to build reasonable housing for homeless. Public housing, housing projects. HHH initiative. HHH. Okay. And so each unit was supposed to cost $140,000. Uh, 
they have finished, this has been three or four years at this point, and they've finished virtually none of the housing, and the cost per unit is now $700,000. $700,000 to house homeless people in housing projects. And I swear, you're, I know what you're thinking. You're like, that can't be right. It's right. So 560 is gone where? It just went up five times. They pay out 40% of it to consultants. And what do consultants do? They get them around the building and construction regulations and housing regulations that the same politicians put into place. So really what you're doing is just taking money from taxpayers that the state doesn't have, by the way. The state is deeply, deeply in debt. And then it just gives it to special interests and friends who just funnel the money right back and forth to each other. And it just keeps on going. And the homeless are just out there getting worse and worse and worse. Now we've somehow elected a uh, district attorney who has no interest in enforcing laws. Yeah, there's something with the homelessness where you can't move the stuff now. Yeah, that's that yeah. was a law that yeah, I, Newsom started, I think, in San Fran. I don't actually think that Newsom was the start. I think it was a result of a Supreme Court decision. I haven't looked at this in a really long time, so like I th- think I'm just going to mess it up. Yeah. But uh first of all, tell everybody your podcast. Where is it at? Oh, it's called uh it's called Be Reasonable with your moderator Chris Paul. And how many episodes? Is it new? I do five episodes a week now. And then so I do five solo episodes a week. I just call it high noon and it's just like me fucking around and having fun and talking about this stuff and making jokes. And then uh I will occasionally interview guests. That's gonna happen more consistently. Um I'm joining a startup network in a month or so and that'll be awesome where can people find you since you're not i'm on all of the podcast platforms and then i'm on telegram i launched a telegram channel it's just t.me slash i'm your moderator and then i'm on gab which gab is people pretend it's like this dark scary place it's like exactly like facebook okay are you allowed are you on facebook no no facebook i quit a long time ago are you on twitter nope Got banned on Twitter in October. For? I, uh, so remember um, the last presidential debate where Donald Trump was talking about uh, coyotes? Do you know what that is? You know what coyotes are? Like, uh, oh, yeah. He said the coyotes human, were yeah, taken. Yeah. Drug and human traffickers. Yeah, yeah. Across the border. There is a segment of the anti Trump population that thought he was actually saying that coyotes. The wild dogs were bringing humans and drugs across the border. And so... I thought that. I'm part of the stupid... So... He was like, they're coyotes. So I asked... I asked, What do you say? Coyotes? Coyotes. Coy- isn't that a coyote? Yeah. But it's just... That's... The term. Yeah. Okay. And... Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, and so I, I, I said to some blue check on Twitter who was arguing with someone else, I was like, a blue check. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, I was like, are you retarded? And so oh, I can't say that. Yes, you can. Well, you can. The literal dictionary definition of retarded has nothing to do with mental illness. I know me. I know. But so anyway, they they said that they I was taken down for hate speech, and then they've reviewed it now for three months. I got an email back last week. They're like, "Yeah, it's still hate speech." And I was like, "You know what? The idea that you think I'm talking about a mentally ill person, while I'm specifically asking 
a blue check on Twitter, if he's retarded, actually makes you the one who's practicing hate speech because you're assuming that I am calling mentally ill people retarded. I'm not. I'm calling this fat country singer retarded. Mm. <laughs> so whatever. So yeah, I got I got banned from Twitter for that. And then uh and then Instagram, yeah, we already went through that story. So all right. Dude, it feels so good not to be on any of the normal social media platforms. It's very life affirming. I believe I believe it. I listen, I just you think I want to be on every day and update shit? I don't want to, but it's like part of my life. I know. Well, you think that. I know. Everybody everybody uh, says that they have to do it for work. And part of that is that you just can't imagine stopping. I Listen, I'm from your mouth to God's ears, I agree with you. Yeah. But I'm going to wrap this up. Let's do it. Listen, guys, check out Chris. Um, he's a wealth of knowledge. You follow him on all of his socials that are not the regular socials, but there are other socials. There's a lot more socials out there than what you think. By the way, if you hate me, you can harass me. I'm not going to get mad at you. And if you want to have a conversation, I'll have the conversation with you. And just to let everybody know, this is not, you know, I don't know anything about you. I do know that you have some interesting takes on things. And this is how we... You have to be open to listening to everything. By the way, man, I also want everyone. Radical. I want everyone to do their research. If I say something that you haven't heard of, and your first thought is, "Wow, that's got to be bullshit," go find out. Yes. Look it up, and don't use Google. Well, people like Google, but yes, people are used to Google. Use Quant. Use DuckDuckGo. Use a different search site where they don't algorithmically choose for you what you get to know. I'd like to duck, duck, go. Thank you for your time, bro. Thank you, man. This is awesome. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Gonna be more. Hell yeah. See you guys next time.